Achieving Clarity podcast. My name is Ben Morley, an Air Force pilot turned consultant. Each episode, you will hear actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life, personal and professional, to achieve more clarity, purpose, and effectiveness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical clarity training. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Achieving Clarity podcast with me, Ben Morley. I hope you are doing well today. Today, I wanted to talk to you about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a relatively new term. I think most of you have probably heard of it or have heard the term, but I'm not sure if we all know what it means or how it affects us. I have learned that research shows that 70% of people worldwide struggle with imposter syndrome. So if you have felt this way, do not think you are weird or in the minority or odd or particularly prone to this. The majority of us have challenges with this syndrome. It affects especially high achievers, leaders, and people who work alone. Now, the people who work alone are quite susceptible to this because they just do not have anyone to bounce things off of, and often they go without encouragement or a high five or anyone letting them know they did a great job. There's no one to talk things through with, so people who work alone, who lack sounding boards, and lack any validation and feedback can especially struggle with imposter syndrome especially if they are pioneering something fresh and they are doing it solo. Ethnic minorities and women in men's environments struggle with imposter syndrome. It also occurs during major life transitions. I found this to be true in my own life, by the way. When you are shifting or reinventing yourself in what you do, as many of you have done in recent years, and some of you may be going through it now. Here are some famous names who have struggled and struggle with imposter syndrome. Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Oprah, Denzel Washington, great authors, pop stars, politicians, and leaders. The point is that no matter how well you have done or how famous you are or how many Oscars you have won or how well you have led your country, you are not immune from imposter syndrome. So it has nothing to do with what you have already achieved that should make you think that you are protected from experiencing this phenomenon. Tom Hanks spoke about his insecurity with a role he was offered in a movie and his belief that he was not up to it. It makes you think you're Tom Hanks for crying out loud when you see someone like him speaking about struggling with imposter syndrome. I bet this is the same response other people have shared with you on occasion. And they may say to you, what are you talking about? You will be brilliant at that. You will be great at that. But inside, although you are hearing them, you do not buy into what they are telling you because you realize the syndrome has nothing to do with how well you did last time. It has to do with this internal chatter inside that becomes an ongoing narrative. It especially flares up in times of new opportunities, of stepping up, of getting out of your comfort zone, etc. Let me go Bible on you for a minute. Moses, 
Joseph, Gideon, Esther, Ruth, David, Jeremiah, Daniel, the Apostles, John the Baptist, all experienced imposter syndrome. So, everyone here today, we are in great company with this issue. We have all likely struggled with imposter syndrome, never fully knowing what it was, or had the language for it at the time, which can certainly be helpful. Now, I am not implying that we can fully control it either. Imposter syndrome is about management, not removal. I think the best and greatest, like some of the names I have mentioned in their fields, never control it either. So I think like many things we talk about here together, it is much more realistic to look for management tools and doing better with this issue so it does not take you out, rather than leading you to believe that you can be free of this and never have to struggle with it again. Imposter syndrome, the imposter phenomenon, imposterism, fraud syndrome, and all other terms that you may have heard around this are all relatively new. Coined in 1978, Wikipedia describes it and defines it as a psychological occurrence in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon do not believe they deserve their success or luck. Research has shown that it affects both males and females equally. Psychologists define the term imposter phenomenon as, quote, an internal experience of intellectual phoniness. So, even for high achievers, the rich and famous, and the success they have had that you and I may envy, when these people speak about their achievements, they tend to explain away their results as something other than based on their talent or ability. Or, they may indicate that their success is a result of deceiving others into thinking that they were more intelligent, more gifted, or more capable than they really are, or believe themselves to be. Now, this was significant for me, as I have said before in my transition from 27 years as an Air Force pilot to what I went on to next, which occurred a few years ago. When I stepped away from the certainty of a stable government job, a steady paycheck, and the comfort of that world that I had become familiar with, and I stepped into the business world, it scared the hell out of me. And I know what I was struggling with was my own version of imposter syndrome. When I looked at other people's qualifications that were also in the room, they were proper business people and deserved to be there because they were director of, the CEO of, the president or founder of, on the board of, and they had letters after their name, and it was impressive. Their resume was impressive. So my imposter syndrome kicked in because I was comparing myself to who else was in the same space and thinking that they all deserved to be there, but I was not qualified to be in that space. I have been in business situations where someone learns that I am a pilot, and they begin asking all sorts of aviation questions despite them knowing it was a business setting. And it has led me to feel embarrassed 
where I began to think that those in the room would begin to think, quote, hey, hang on a minute. Why is he being asked about flying? Who is this Ben guy? He is an imposter. He is masquerading as a business communicator or leader, but really, he's just an ex-military pilot. Or whatever language they would put to it is what I was thinking these business leaders were thinking about me because I was being asked by some random person in the room about my flying career. Perhaps you have felt the same. Felt as an imposter in a new space where you are trying to be a new you and then something from the old you crops up in some way. When this happened to me, it made me go through an imposterism attack where I was comparing myself to others in this new space, in these new ways, where they belonged and I was the newcomer, and something or someone from the old version of you suddenly finds you in your new space and treats you like the old you. When you're exploring new opportunities or new chances to step up in life, this thing can really get out of control. So basically, if you have been raised by humans, you are prone to imposter syndrome is what I think is safe to say. The way you were raised, the established norms in your culture, and the kind of nurture that you had in your families, your historical established belief systems, your parents, your teachers, your mentors, your coaches, your friends, all that is really important to be aware of as you get older to help determine why you may struggle with imposter syndrome. Because of your background, and your societal conditionings, whether you were overdefined as a kid by your grades in school, or if you were over-endorsed and over-praised by parents, but in reality you really did not deserve that level of praise at the moment, all of that plays into it. When you overuse a currency of any kind, it becomes devalued. I think we have an emerging generation now that are consistently being told they are brilliant, they are a genius, they are magnificent, but in reality they are not. And when they are over-endorsed and over-praised and that becomes their culture, they can grow up to believe they have failed in life when people are not raving about them. When there is no applause and no comments of, quote, you are brilliant and you are awesome. When this is lacking, they can get a real reality check with the real world And they can have a huge crisis of identity and a crisis of confidence. Because they have been raised with this false self and sense of confidence, which gives them and does not help them at all. How we were punished, how we were disciplined, are also key markers of how we react around new opportunities and stepping out of our comfort zones. All of this has a governing effect on our relationship with imposter syndrome as we get older. Add to that our response to the word failure, or the word regret, or the word mistake. Let me speak a moment about confidence. Confidence is a powerful management tool for imposter syndrome. Your ability to step into the power of your why the delivery of your why, and however you end up doing that or are doing that now, there are many ways to build up your confidence in your environment. 
But there are two things that are rarely spoken about that have become my insights into confidence, and they are that confidence is a combination of self-acceptance and presence. Notice I did not say self-esteem. Self-esteem is the problem with confidence, because when kids are raised, like I said earlier, where parents feel they just need to pour into their kids' self-esteem, it does not equate to building of their self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is loving and valuing you, warts and all. It is being able to be at peace with who you are now, knowing who you are now, and knowing you are likely not great in some areas. Self-acceptance is the ability to live with and be at peace with the fact that you are a work in progress, that you have failings and weaknesses, that you have shiny parts and ugly parts of your life. It is accepting all of this about you. And when you can do that, you automatically can become more confident because no one can say or do anything that undermines you or shatters your fragile state that self-esteem can be, because you have entered into self-acceptance of who you are and the journey you are on. Self-acceptance allows an authentic version of you to be present in whatever you are doing. When you are present in whatever you are doing in the delivery of your why, then the real you is showing up today. If instead, what is showing up is some mask you are wearing, an egoic projection of you, then the ego gets the attention. And the job of the ego is to protect your identity, but it is not your authentic identity the ego is protecting. It is instead a false construct of you. So the ego will have a massive radar for identifying situations and then rejecting them where imposter syndrome may occur. The ego says, "Mm, you should not be in this setting. You should not be stepping into that arena. You should stay in your current world, the world of the Air Force, the pilot world where people celebrate you. You should go where they are clapping and shouting for you. The ego protects the social construct that has been built around you where they have known you for a long time, maybe even since childhood. Ego has a vested interest in you not getting into any situation where imposter syndrome may come up. When I got free of this false sense of self-esteem and stepped into self-acceptance of myself and became closer to my authentic self, and began to live more from my soul and develop more self-awareness, I realized that in any environment, my confidence was not coming from where I thought I was the best in the room or that I was good as them or that I was as qualified as them. My confidence was in bringing the best me to that room that day. Boom. Done. That was it. I cannot, t- <clears throat> I cannot tell you the power of that. To be in different settings with people of varying levels of achievement and not trying to be like them in order to fit in, but rather just bringing the best version of me that day, the best version of you that day. Showing up as you as a massive confidence boost. When you are not putting 
a representative self between you and us, but rather the authentic you is here, then you have that you have accepted who you are. You are not competing, not trying too hard. It becomes a massive boost to your confidence because you are not trying to be something you are not, which gives you presence. A massive part of confidence is that the real you is here. Once you are here, confidence is less of a problem. Of course, you have to have good preparation. You still got to know what you're doing. And all of that is part of confidence too. But you can know your stuff and still not be you in an attempt to try and be someone else or try to hide behind whatever you think is more popular in that space. So a big part of confidence is self-acceptance and you being present. You and just exactly you. You will be amazed at what that empowerment gives you, especially when you go to places where you may be attempting to try and add on a bit to connect with the crowd more. Just be yourself. When you do this, you minimize the potential of experiencing imposter syndrome. So, I hope this has been of help to you, and as always, best to you. Thank you for listening to the Achieving Clarity podcast. We hope you liked it. To hear more tools and strategies to help you in your personal and professional life, subscribe to our podcast. Thank you again. Thank you.